Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I post episodes weekly on Tuesdays on pretty much whatever I like, so welcome. Some days, like today, I will post a bonus episode if something of interest catches my attention. So follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at a Ugandan babe for any updates. I thought I would take some time today and explain in more detail why I feel so passionately about the appraisal process and why I am convinced that it can and maybe should change. And this will apply to any company because I don't believe that professional services firms are unique in this challenge. And I mentioned that because I did post on Instagram yesterday about my own experience. So many companies are beginning to understand just how important it is to free up time it is long overdue. These challenges are not new or unique to the age of the Great Resignation. I believe that COVID and all its attendant effects have only exacerbated an already existing problem, which is inefficiency in many of our processes, having to spend more time and energy on these processes than we need to, critical as they may be. And feedback is certainly crucial. So if I can try to articulate the problem as I see it, it is how do we optimize internal processes so we can free up time, whether to devote it to delivering for our clients or to our mental health, well-being, our passions and pursuits outside of work. Now, I will issue my usual disclaimer. I am certainly no expert in HR or appraisal systems and processes. And certainly there are more there are people that are far more qualified than me to speak authoritatively on this matter. But what I do have is experience as staff, both at the junior and managerial levels, with 15 years of experience across three of the big four professional services firms. And when I started to think about this problem, after speaking to a now partner that I used to work for many years ago, the first thing that came to mind was the appraisal process. Now, I will try not to repeat what I said in the LinkedIn post, but I was keen to add some nuance because I appreciate the difficulties in trying to change a system that I assume was built with careful thought and expertise, but that has simply never worked for me personally. I thought about some of the recent appraisal processes that I have been a part of, how much time was devoted to the all-important line manager discussions, feedback documentation, moderation meetings, and all the administration around each of these processes. Added up across all staff, the time commitment would add up to months, if not years, just to get the process over the line. Now, I always understood the need for an evaluation process, you know, by which to determine recognition, remuneration, promotion, all that good stuff. I get it. More importantly, I understand how important candid and timely feedback is to recognize staff contribution to the team, as well as areas where changes or improvement are needed. But that didn't make it any less painful. And it has only gotten worse since COVID, where staff are feeling uniquely fatigued by the mental toll of the succeeding events, unprecedented changes around remote working, which have introduced their own challenges, you know, with respect to things like childcare, boundaries between work and home life, and productivity, of course. Staff are, shall I say inexplicably, but maybe it's not so inexplicable, but they're just more exhausted than ever. And I believe a lot of that exhaustion is mental exhaustion. So it seems to me to be critical that we reduce the mental load. 
there is a certain frustration about ending a particularly busy period only to be thrown into a long drawn out appraisal process when all you really want to do is take a much needed break. So in my LinkedIn post, I suggested a different approach. A key building block of this new approach would be having a baseline for staff to be caught doing okay. And I want to explain this a bit further because in a culture with such a huge focus on quote-unquote excellence, the drive to push yourself harder is relentless. But I'm not convinced that this is the culture that we should be promoting. In an age of unprecedented mental health crisis, sometimes it is okay to just be doing okay. To be doing the job that you were hired to do, to work diligently during your contracted hours to meet expectations, so that you have enough energy at the end of the day to rest or, God forbid, pursue a health regime, health regimen or a passion. It's okay to be doing okay, and staff should be given the option to embrace this baseline without feeling penalized if they're not reaching for the stars or to take over the company. <laughs> so that would already be a mental load off because as I mentioned in the LinkedIn post, in all of my 15 years um, of, of working, it never mattered how I was performing, whether I was doing well, middling or not so well. I worried constantly about the appraisal process. And I know that part of that is just my own temperament as, you know, I tend to be a bit of a warrior. But a lot of of it, I believe, is just the human condition because we all have a measure of self-doubt unless you are a raging narcissist. So sometimes I had good reason to worry, but the vast majority of the time, all that worrying was simply wasted energy because more often than not, I had great feedback from my supervisor. And I didn't just worry about my performance either or how it would be evaluated. I worried about the time commitment required when there were already so many other demands on my time. So what if it could be a different process? What if the understanding was that, as I said, the baseline was that you were doing okay unless there was evidence to the contrary. And we will come to, you know, exceptional performance in either direction later. But what if in the day-to-day, the emphasis was placed on sharing informal feedback that doesn't necessarily have to do with exceptional performance? You know, you did a great job today. I like how you handled that meeting, how you coached your teammate, etc. And then at the end of the engagement, you had a simple one or two step process where a supervisor indicated whether exceptional performance in either direction had been noted on key competency areas. And if the answer was no, the feedback went back to staff basically saying, you're doing okay based on the expectations for your area. Keep doing what you're doing. Or even if there are comments, the overall message would be you're doing okay with, you know, some improvements needed in A, B, C, D. There's nothing catastrophic. You're doing okay. You know, none of us can work perfectly at any given time, especially in these COVID times. In this scenario, with no exceptional performance markers, no year-end appraisal would be needed. So staff could redirect their energy to client delivery and their own well-being. On the other hand, if exceptional performance had been noted, whether you're doing really well or actually there are real problems, again, in a one or two step process at the end of each engagement or project, that would also be indicated. And the feedback would go out in a timely manner to the staff saying you're doing amazing. Um, And, you know, you've been highlighted as someone to go through a process for exceptional recognition, promotion or remuneration. 
or on the other hand maybe unfortunately because that happens real concerns have been noted for abcd reasons so you've been highlighted for potential appraisal unless you can demonstrate real improvement in the next few projects and all this would be or should be timely so that the feedback is available for changes any changes to be made or for recognition I believe this process or something like it could have a number of benefits, which I already listed in my post, but I will reiterate here with some nuance. The first thing is that all the time spent in discussions, documentation and appraisal meetings for those, quote, doing okay, could be redirected to servicing clients. They would still get all the informal feedback needed because, you know, you would still have those discussions with line managers and coaches, albeit mostly informal. But in real time, with then just a one or two step process to document that you were doing okay. And often doing okay is all you need to deliver a quality engagement. The second thing is that exceptional performance provides an incentive and its own motivation for the people giving feedback. And if you only have to do it when required, so if supervisors only have to do it when it's required, then it becomes much easier to find the time to devote the time to get it done. When someone does an exceptionally good job, giving that feedback is a no-brainer when you actually have the bandwidth to do so. The third thing is that, similarly, poor performance provides its own motivation to give that feedback. To avoid a repeat of the negative experience, and again, if you only have to do it for those where it's needed, it becomes much easier. The fourth thing is that if the message is that if you want to get an exceptional promotion and pay rise, then you want to be appraised, then you ambitious staff will pursue the actions to demonstrate that excellence and get buy-in. And this is staff-driven as opposed to being driven by the system. And I think it's always important to get staff buy-in. And it also tells you who are the truly ambitious and exceptional people in your organization. And finally, the promised pain of a lengthy year-end process also carries its own motivation for staff to make improvements. And again, this is staff-driven. You know, you might be struggling on a project and then you get the feedback and then you say, look, I do not want to go through all that time investment when I could be, you know, working on something else that I'm interested in or taking a break. So I have to make the improvements. I've got to pull up my socks. And, you know, that's inbuilt staff-driven motivation. When I imagine the option of maybe never having to do another appraisal, appraisal in my life, <laughs> it sounds amazing to me. Of course, when I wanted to advance, then I would put in the work, but it would be nice to just go to work and know that if I, if I do well, if I do well enough, then that provides an incentive. Yeah, freeing up time to deliver value to clients and pursue my interest outside of work. So that sounds amazing to me. I would love to hear your thoughts on it if you have the time to, you know, give any feedback that is more than welcome. As always, thanks for listening. Give us a like and subscribe to the channel if you enjoyed this episode and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Babe to continue the conversation. I hope you'll be back for the next one. Goodbye for now.